0: Kimo, the pole, what the pole about? Ernie the show, come on. Q, Rocky. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast, man! No, I say them three times for the guys in Hawaii See, I know, like, like on the podcast Welcome to the podcast, by the way I'm Junior Ever Junior On the podcast, right, we say stuff three times Because in Hawaii, where I'm from Okay, I know you guys, we, we got people all over the world right now But I'm in Hawaii, and in Hawaii we say things three times You know, how's it, how's it, how's it, how you, how you, how you Oh, fine, fine, fine <laughs> we see them three times But I, I don't know where that came from Okay But some I don't know Either somebody who The guy who made up the stuff in the first place Was hyped up on something Because that's just the way we do it That's how we do in Hawaii So if you're listening in Egypt right now You are an honorary Hawaiian That's right Everybody listening right now You guys are honorary Hawaiians No matter where you guys are So when I say Hawaiians I am talking to you. all right first attitude of gratitude we want to say mono to everybody. We want to say thank you uh, you guys um, really I mean we never thought that it was gonna be like this we never thought. okay so Apple podcast sixty-six percent we're not going all, all over the countries but we have uh, we have several countries more than several 20 something countries and uh, I think 20 something states We got more countries than states uh, Spotify is 16 percent everybody else 11 percent. Anchor is five percent, only five percent on Anchor, and uh, our demographics is 23 to dead. With the male demographic coming in at 83 percent, and the females are gaining. We used to be, we used to be like 90 percent, I think, male, something like that. And uh, women are 16 percent. And we, we know we got an email from a woman, uh, the other day, and and I gotta say. Uh, you know, women hardly write to me. I mean, you know, not, not for the podcast, (laughs) for, for other stuff they write, you know, Hey, you, you know, you're not a guy, you're not a guy. So, but for the podcast, right? They don't normally ask questions. It's the guys, right? And I get questions from the guys, but this girl wrote in and she said, how come you don't talk about relationships anymore? Right. And I'm like, no, baby, I talk about relationships, but I got a lot of things to do. You know what I'm saying? So, so, yeah. So we, we're going to touch on relationships, but first I'm going to talk about business on this podcast, small kind. We're going to touch on them. Okay. And how never to leave money on the table. And how a lot of people, so, you, you know, a lot of people see the businesses I do and stuff, and they say, oh, unks, right? Because, you know, the 30-year-olds, they call me unks, right? And they go, unks, well, how, how we can do this? How we, how we can do that? You know, and some of them to, wow, it's amazing what you did. And I'm like, no, it's not amazing. Okay, so first, about business, okay, let me say that, if you are starting a business or if you're invested in a business, okay, like you're partners with somebody, okay, it is best. Now, you don't have to, okay, this is just my opinion, but it is best that you live for that business, okay? Because if you're living for the weekend and you're doing the business, but it's just a Monday to Friday thing for you, you know, you started the company, right? You work Monday to Friday and then you decide Saturday, Sunday, you're going to go play, okay, then maybe business is not for you. Well, maybe success in business is not for you, okay? But let me let me talk a little bit about dedication, all right? And I'll give you an example. I, I only can talk about me because I only have that experience. I don't have anybody else's experience. And you know, you hear some unreal, outrageous stories, right, from entrepreneurs. Normally, when they get into the billion-dollar range, right? You you sit down, you listen to Elon Musk's story, right? And he tells you how he did it, and you know, and then then Microsoft started in a garage, and you hear that story, you hear Amazon's story, right? Jeff Bezos comes and he tells you what he did. Okay, because nobody really wants to hear from you unless you <laughs> unless you're at that level, right? So I know you guys probably not interested. But I'm gonna share with you because my level is more on the everyday guys' level. Okay, so my level is not like billions of dollars, okay. And um, so let me let me share with you. So when we started, see, we started in the house, we started out of our home, and it was illegal, it was totally illegal because it was a residential district. Now, here's one thing you guys gotta know: if you're starting your business, okay, in a residential district and it's zone residential, then you can get in trouble for operating a business in a residential area, okay? Now, we did for a while, and a lot of people do because they can't afford business space, okay? And on the real, okay, we couldn't afford a business space when we started. And you're talking like way, way back. I'm talking 1989, okay, we started. And the reason why that started was because, I couldn't stand where I was working. And I couldn't stand where I I was working. Now, this has a good ending to it. But I couldn't stand where I was working. Because the guy that I was working for, my boss, okay, he used to play all kinds of head games with me. This guy would just railroad me left and right. And, you know, and I caught on to the thing, you know. and, And when I caught on, I was like, ah, man. Because in my mind, Hawaiians, okay. I was thinking, like, why would a general manager, right, like, do this kind of stuff, uh, exhibit this kind of behavior? Because he's a general manager, right? And and why would he, like, pick on little old me, right? I'm nobody. You see what I'm saying? And he was playing, out, like, all these head trips and games with me. And this led, okay, now, when a general manager does this, in in any business, I don't care where, okay, it when a general manager does this, so you managers, pay attention that you don't do this, okay? When they do this, the other guys follow suit. The salespeople start doing it. The other employees start doing it. Everybody starts doing it because they look at it as being cool. It's like, oh, well, it's okay because, well, the manager's doing this. Yeah, we might as well do this. The manager's taking a crap on him. Let's all take a crap on him, right? And pretty soon, you you looked at as that guy, okay? And, and you know whatever you want to be called, the punching bag, whatever you want to call it, it's that guy. And I was that guy, okay? So I went to this place and and I was, you know, I was doing work that was levels above what they were doing only because of the creativity involved. So I brought a lot of creativity to the table and we were doing stuff, okay? Now, I don't want to get into the details, but I will tell you that what I did learn, okay, throughout this whole process from this guy And I'm very grateful to this guy And when I see this guy I still thank him I still thank him He put me through all kinds of crap It was like going through boot camp It was It was You know When I was in, you know, When you're in it Right When you're in it It's like you can't take it It's excruciating mental duress Right Mental pain bro. But when you're out of it Right You're grateful Why? Because you learn Now if you're the kind of guy That can be in a negative situation And you get out of it and you take it negatively, then you didn't learn anything, okay? You didn't learn nothing, okay? Now, you gotta look back and you gotta go, yeah, you know? That was, that was something I learned. I, I learned a lot. I had to put up with the crap, but I learned this, okay? Now, let me tell you what I learned. I learned from this guy the importance of customer service because I was in a position where I dealt with clients. I was in a position where I dealt with salespeople, right? Now, I was, I was doing, uh, I guess I can tell you, I was doing radio commercials and TV commercials, audio, audio production, okay, for a living. And, and so I did this stuff, but this guy was, was like, like on me all the time. I mean, not really on me in the sense where he was, you know, uh, bossing me around. Not like that. But he would play mind games with me, right? He would play all these kind of trips with me. And once in a while, he would tell me, he, he would go, you do like working here, don't you? He would, he would tell me that, right? And that, that was threatening my job. Now, you can't do these things nowadays. But this was back, this was back in the day. And so, so I always felt like I was walking a tightrope with this guy and with this company and with, you know, the people around me. So I never hung out with any of them. I never made friends with any... I had, you know, a couple of guys I was friendly with, right? But I never went to the social events. I never went to stuff like that. Because I, I went to one and it was a bad experience. And I was like, wow, these guys are too much. And so I never went again, right? Because why should I go and waste my time is what I'm saying, right? Now, this guy taught me the importance of customer service and how to service your clients and, and the the how is very well thank you okay you service your clients well because the your clients are the lifeblood of the company okay now you can't you can't even have your job without clients so i was serving clients now the the customer service level that this guy had me working at right like constantly like he would he would get on me like is this is this ready no not ready okay you know you know we got to get this ready but this is due tomorrow i mean that kind of stuff right And so it forced me to be in a position where I had to churn out these things, right? These jobs that I did. And so by doing that, what it taught me was, you know what? You have to return calls right away. You have to be on this thing like a pit bull. You have to serve these people that are bringing money into this organization and you have to do it like immediately, if not sooner, Right, Like do it yet, yeah, get it done yesterday, right And so so this became a way of life for me. and I gotta tell you, Hawaiians I am so grateful for that for that guy, right. I don't, I don't like mentioning names because that's not what we do on the podcast, right We don't, don't want to get into a libel suit okay? but I will tell you that I'm very grateful to this guy. I put up Facebook posts about this guy. Right, and, and I used to tease them when I left the radio station I went to the next radio station you know that I was working at and we used to tease them we used to tease all these guys at the, you know it, it was the competition thing, right but I am so grateful to this guy. he taught me customer service. he taught me never to leave money on the table. now what does that mean? all right let me give you an example. see what happened was when I left that station I went to the next one. This guy gave me a break. And I'm talking about the guy that I always talk about that, you know, the second largest radio show in Hawaii, right? And so he put me on the radio and from there, like everything is history after that, right? But out of that job came companies, the wedding and party business, right? Out of that, you know, out of that one job came a whole plethora of businesses, right? Of several you're not not like it was overflowing or anything, but several businesses, right? And so the the thing that was important about the wedding and party business that we had was that these people used to email us. These people used to call. And I used to answer the email right away, you know, because i get them on my phone. And back in the day, it was like these these old Palm Pilots, right? You remember the Palm Pilot and the Palm phones? Yeah, so I had one of those. And I used to answer the emails right away. I used to return calls right away. I never left money sitting on the table. Okay, now what does that mean? Money sitting on the table? What is unks? What is that? Okay, this is what it is. If somebody emails you about a job and you let that email sit in the inbox and you don't answer that email, that's money. Okay, now money at that point is on the table. Now, when somebody doesn't get a call back, they don't get an email back, right? They're not gonna just wait for you. They're gonna go to your competitor. They're gonna go to company B, okay, or plan B, whatever, but they're going. And then the money gets taken off the table because now the money gets spent with your competitor, okay? Now, we we didn't really have a competition, competition kind of thing with the wedding and party business, but I can tell you that, You know, people that wanted entertainment for their party, we weren't the only act in town. So there's a lot of people, right? But they came to us. And when they come to us, we serve them right away. And that's where my training came in. So when I get an email, I return it right away. I get a phone call, I return it right away. Till today. Till today, I get everything on my phone. And you cannot be too big, Hawaiians. You cannot be too big, especially in your own head, okay? You cannot be too big that you can be slacking in that area where it's not important to you, where your customers aren't important to you. Because guess what? Word of mouth gets around. Word gets around and pretty soon people stop calling and they stop emailing you, right? So we got a lot of jobs from people that was like, oh man, hey, we called so-and-so and and we never got a response. We, We sent them email. We never got an email back. You know, so right there, right, Those guys that that contacted me actually went to somebody else first, right? Those guys. And and those guys got served right away, and they they were impressed. They go, wow, you called me right back. Whoa, you emailed me right back. And I'm like, yeah. And it was thanks to that general manager that I worked for, right? Because he taught me the importance of customer service. Now, this is what makes a business, okay? This is what gives the edge of a small business, especially if you're starting out. It gives you the edge over your competitor. It gives you the edge over the other guy because you're on it. Because you return calls, you return emails, you jump on this thing, right? Because that's money. Okay, now you got to do that. Okay, so, so that kept us, you know, out in front and a leader in customer service. Now, the other thing is when we did parties, right, we never missed a party. Not once in 18 years, not one party we missed. There was one party that we overbooked and we refunded them in two days and we, we helped them get somebody because we made a mistake and we overbooked. And I think that was around, I don't know, maybe year 13, something like that, year 14, something around there. But before that, we never even overbooked. Okay. Now we heard all kinds of stories. We heard stories coming out of you know that this guy, this guy said, "Well, we hired this guy on the west side. We give him all the money. We give him three grand, and we're supposed to have this big band come and play for our, you know party or whatever. And it and he wouldn't give us a refund." Okay. Now here's the lesson, right? The lesson is to do everything on paper. We had contracts. We had contracts that we signed with everybody. So before we did a show. Before we did a party, what whatever it is that we were supposed to do, MC or entertainment, whatever, we had a contract. Okay, now a contract is very simple, Hines. Okay. And this is for you guys across the world, you guys, any anywhere you are, okay, that this law pertains to. But contracts are very simple. It's a two-party signature. So you write down what you intend to do, right? And then two people sign and that's an agreement and it holds up in a court of law because two people agreed, two people signed, right? Two people, you know, uh, agreed to whatever's written. So what we did was we formed a template and we got a template and we filled it out, you know, exactly time, date, place, all all of that. And we signed agreements. So we had written agreements from from everybody we did business with in 18 years, written agreements. Now, the importance of a written agreement is because if there's something that goes wrong, it's not just on the company side, it's on their side too. If something goes wrong or they don't, you know, and I'll give you an example. There was this bank, there was this bank, a bank of all places, right? A business, a big business of all places, right? They insisted, because we what we would do is we would take 100% of the money up front, okay? And th- there is a reason for that, okay? Because if you hold the date, like we, we were doing parties. So if we held the date for six months or three months, because people would book six months in advance. Because the ballrooms were, were booked that far in advance. So as soon as somebody got a ballroom, boom, they came to us. Signed the agreement, okay, in six months we showed up. So sometimes in six months, I didn't even recognize the client because we we got together one time, sat down for, you know, half an hour, did the contract, collect the money, everything. And when I saw him at the, you know, at the party, I had to be reintroduced to him. So I would always have my producer, right? I would have my producer say, can you go meet, you know, meet the couple? And then when I come, just introduce. So he got used to doing that and that's how we did it. Because I didn't recognize, you know, I didn't recognize these guys. But my producer shows up and he says, "Oh, who's so and so and so and so, right?" And then they introduce themselves, and then he introduced me when I get there, and everything was good. But the way it worked was that because we had an agreement, right, and with this bank, let me let me tell you the bank stuff first. I don't want to get too far out in left field. The bank, right, insisted to only pay fifty percent. The reason why you take 100% is because if you hold that date all the way for six months, right, and they cancel, okay, you get the 50%. But you know what? You're losing 50% on what you would have made for that slot for that evening. Now, if it's the other way around and you collect 100%, Okay, so say your party is $3,500. If your party is $3,500 and you collect everything up front and they cancel one week before the party, there's no way you can book that. I mean, well, you know, maybe, right? But the likelihood that you're going to book that date and that time, probably it's not going to happen, okay? But you got the 3500 so you got the amount of money that you would have charged anyway for that date, right? Otherwise, you only get half and you lose half the money. So you're losing fifty percent on your time slot, is what it is, and that's why we did that. But this bank, right? So they, so we had, we had a a, a fee, right? And uh, it's not important what the fee was, but it's a fee. And if you cancel, right, or you let the contract expire and you don't, you know, come through on the second half uh, in a timely manner before the the event. Then you have to pay a fine. It's like a fine to reinstate. It's a reinstatement fee, is what it is. But it's kind of like a fine, right? So you get penalized, and you got to reinstate the contract because the contract voids at that at that time. And that's what you should do when you when you're doing a contract like that. Is you should have a void date. So let's say you know you require hundred percent payment before the date, and you collect the second half one week before the party. Okay. So so when you write the you know. Uh, the clause in there. What you want to say is that if it's not paid for by that date, which is seven days before the party, you're not going to show up, and there's a reinstatement fee uh, if, if you do. So, so that's what we did. And a bank of all places, we had to we had to call the bank. We had we had to say, uh, you know what, your contract expired last week, and this was like you know two days before the party. They want to call. They want to make sure we're there, right? And um, so, you know they We said, "Well, your contract expired, and they had to pay us the fee. Okay, now, this was a big business. No private person ever did this. no individual ever did this we had We had some of the best clients in the world. We had some of the best customers, some of them are friends, even till today. Some of them are very dear friends, some of them hired us for two or three or four parties, and like we you know we did their kids' baby parties we did their wedding we did i mean there's many like that, so we made a lot of good friends. Uh, it, it, you know, with the business. But the purpose of me telling you all of this, I'm just giving you some little inside stuff. So if you guys start a business, you young guys, okay, in your twenties and thirties, because our demo start at 23. So you 25 year olds out there, you guys might have a little insight, okay, small kind. So unks gonna make you think a little bit, okay. Now the thing about the customer service was that when somebody signs a contract. And it's six months later, right? That the event the event is six months later, thirty days later, or or, four, or you know, two months later. Okay, call it call it call it sixty days later. They have a question. They call. Okay, we return the call right away. We return the email right away. They text. We return the, the text right away. Okay. Now this didn't help in my dating life because you gotta play the game. Right, <laughs> Yeah, play the game. It's like okay, well, you know, and you're so into. I was so into the customer service thing, right? That that pretty soon, some of my dates would text me, and I would text them right back, and they they go, oh, did, mm, whoa, brother's desperate. See, <laughs> but but that wasn't the case. I, I was serving them like a like a customer, like a client. So I had to I had to be very careful. You know, with the text I would get, I go, oh oh oh, that's from her. Okay, make her wait, make her wait till next week. But anyway, um, but but I'm just saying, right, that's what you need to do because money is on the table. Never leave money on the table. You secure that money with a contract, you collect that money with a contract and and you move on to the next one. When you leave money on the table, that means you're taking it for granted. You're taking a customer for granted. And at that point, they don't need you. At that point, they'll go to your competitors. They'll go find somebody else. So anyway, but that's, that's the first thing about, uh, about leaving money on the table. Now I owe that to this guy, like I said, and he was such a, a major influence in, in my, in my life, right? And, and at the time that I worked for him, yeah, it was a, it was a love-hate relationship. Cause on one hand, you know, he was showing me stuff. He was teaching me things and I was happy to learn. Because I was hungry for knowledge and I wanted to learn. But on the same, on the same, you know, by the same token, he was slapping me in the head, you know, either verbally or attitude-wise, right? And I was like, why is this guy doing this to me? And one day I was cleaning out the back room and I found a box. And this box had a bunch of official papers in it. And I, I went to look in the box, to, you know, because I was organizing the, the back room. And I went to look, and I go, what is this? And I found a letter, right, from the station owner to him before he was general manager, when he was a sales manager, right? And I read the letter, and I'm like, oh, okay. And you know what? It turns out that the station owner was talking to him like he was talking to me. So he got that kind of treatment. So you see, you know, he was used to that, and, and he took it, right? You see what I'm saying? And then he turned around and he gave it. Okay, so there's, there's many times in my life where I've seen that. And I go, oh, they're treating me like that because that happened to them, you see. So here's a good takeaway, okay, and this is law of attraction. Okay, here's the law of attraction, Pothones. Okay, when something like that happens to you and you go through either pain or you're kind of distraught or you go through a bad experience, let's put it that way, right? You don't want to take that energy. You don't want to take that negativity and pass it down to somebody else, okay? What you do is you just, you forgive that. You forgive it, okay? And you forgive it right then and there. No, I I didn't forgive it, you know? I carried it with me for a while, I carried it with me for a while. It didn't serve me at all, okay? It didn't really do me any harm, but it didn't serve me, you see? And when you clear OK, when you clear yourself, when you do meditation, when you do your affirmations, when you, when you just forgive and you release it out into the universe, you know, religious people say giving it to God, you give it to God, you know, give it to the Lord, give it to God, give it all of those things. When you do that, okay, you free yourself from that. And then guess what happens? You don't pass it down to the next person and they don't experience that negativity. Okay, now it came down to me, right? I didn't pass it down to anybody, but it kind of stayed with me for a while. And then after a while, I learned, like, you know, because my uncle used to tell me all the time, right, you got to give it to God, give it up, give it up to God, you know. And I used to think to myself, what does that mean, right? Like, what, you know, but my uncle used to teach me all these things, and he was my mentor. And eventually, right Eventually when I got to the better radio station In fact, there were meetings that we had That I remember at the new place that I was working Right And the the head games and everything from the old place Weren't there It was a totally different world Right It, it wasn't run like that There was no mental anguish There was no head games There was no none of that Right There was no attitude Everybody was pretty mellow Right and I remember saying something to the effect that, you know, wow, you know, I'm still, I'm still stuck back there because, because yeah, I would react in a certain way, you know, because you develop that reflex out of that negativity, and you develop a reflex out of out of working uh, or deflecting that negativity, or working against it, or shielding yourself from it. You see what I'm saying? You, you, get, you, you go on the defense is what I'm saying, right? You get defensive. You kind of you try to protect yourself against it, right? And so all these things happen. But, you know, if you can take away the positive from, from a situation like that, and I did, okay, I can tell you right now that without that guy, without that general manager, okay, my businesses would not function the way it does. Because when people email me, they get an email right back. Nowadays what I do is I text people right back they email me they email me for life coaching I text them right away because their phone number is on the application that they get from the website on you know on the capture And so I I text them right away and they go wow that was fast You know because I get them I get them on my phone now no matter what I'm doing now if I'm driving okay that's different But if I'm if I'm at Starbucks ordering my coffee and I get an email and this has happened many times I get emails throughout the day. I get clients throughout the day. And it doesn't matter if it's an email or if it's a client asking a question or if somebody needs some extra help that's a client or, or whatever it is. I answer right away. Now, if it's a chick, yeah, we make her wait. <laughs> okay. But anything else, anything else, anybody else. Okay. And, and so, so they get a, they get a reply from me right away. First of all, they're impressed that I wrote them back. Second of all, they realize that they're important to me, see? And, and it, money is always important to you, but that's not the deal. That's not the bottom line. It's not about money, Hawaiians. It's about your reputation. It's about your reputation in business, okay? Now, for me, I got a lot of haters. I've always had a lot of haters. And you know what? God bless your haters, Hawaiians. You need your haters because without your haters right your haters are your free public relations department, okay, and it's free. You live in their heads rent free and they talk about you for free. they broadcast your name for free they they will talk about you behind your back for free. Hawaiian, okay now, I got a lot of haters, right, so when I go into a boardroom, okay, because I have a consulting company, and when I go into the boardroom to sit down and talk about consulting. Right? I kind of get this funny look, because right? they they're like, whoa, this guy was on the radio this money, Ah, he was making me laugh, and now he's sitting in my boardroom. What the hell is going on? You see, so but that doesn't matter to me, right? Because on the other on the other end with the other businesses, I'm responding right away. You know, so so what I'm really saying is, yeah, it doesn't always work. It depends on the situation, okay. But most people, the majority of people, okay, will actually think of you in a better light, so to speak, let's use that term, they'll think of you in a better light, and you'll develop a better reputation. Now, as far as your haters and stuff, it doesn't matter, right? Because somebody will kind of be a little standoffish at first. And then as time goes by, they see how you are. And, you know, a mature human being will judge you on what you do, not what they hear about you. Yeah. So if you if you treat them right, if you you put them first, you put the customer first, your reputation will get around after a while. You know. So anyway, so that that's that's it on leaving money on the table. Okay, never leave money on the table. And there's always something positive out of a negative experience. Now my my experience at that place wasn't wasn't all negative. Okay? It was actually a learning experience that if I had to do it again, I would do it again. If I had to do it the same way, I would do it the same way. You know, because it was the kind of situation where I didn't have a choice. You, you either learn how to do this and you do it right or you get out. You, you hand in your resignation, right? You, but, but this went on. This went on for a few years. And I experienced a lot of discrimination. I experienced a lot of prejudice. I experienced a lot of these things from these people That were at that radio station. I experienced a lot of that, right? But what I but the other side, now I could I could just stay in that and I go, Yeah, well, they're full of crap, you know. But no, I learned a lot from there. I learned tons from there, I learned a lot about people from there, I learned a lot about you know running my business and it prepared me for that. So, what I'm telling you for the law of attraction is when you take away the positive side. Never mind the negative side. Yeah, the negative side happened. Yeah, you remember it. Yeah, it's there. It was. It's done. It, it's gone. Okay. But the positive side is: what are you gonna take from this thing? You know, when you go, when you go to the military, you go to boot camp. Are you gonna keep boot camp in your mind the, the whole time? You no, I don't think so. But you're gonna remember the guys at boot camp that were hard on you that taught you lessons, right? And then you know, when you, when you're in your position whatever you get high up in the ranks you don't hold that thing you know you you don't hold on to that you know but you remember yeah well we did that we had to crawl in the mud we had to do all this that you know now they're pinning the full bird on me you see what i'm saying so so it's it's like that and you take away the good part and i took away the good part and that allowed me to excel in my business because what happened is we picked up a lot of people that ordinarily we wouldn't have gotten but the other guys drop the ball. And that's what's important is that you get the reputation because people will go, hey, you know, go talk to so-and-so. He, he, he's never missed a gig, you know. Go talk to so-and-so. He'll call you right away. Oh, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And boom, there it is, right? Because they know that you're on it or they have heard that you're on it and they want to deal with you. So customer service is number one. So that's the first thing we was gonna talk about was leaving money on the table and a little tip for business. And I have found in in my experience anyway, and it probably will help you guys, okay. That if you put the customer first, always, no matter what, and existing customers call them back right away. They have a question, they text you, text them back right away. You know, like I said, I'm standing in the middle of Starbucks waiting for my order. I get an email in, okay, before I go to pick up my order. I don't make those these people wait. And then go pick up my order and then... you No, I don't do it that way, Hawaiians. I, I stop what I'm doing I'm right there. I And people in Starbucks will tell you, the guys that work there, they know me, right? I will stand right there in the corner somewhere, right? And I will answer that email or I will text that person and I will follow up with that person right there on the spot. The only place I don't follow up is driving, right? Because, well, self-explanatory. But yeah, Just do that, Hawaiians, and you'll be be amazed at the results, especially you young guys, right? Put the customer first. That's the lifeblood of your company. You'll never regret that. Now, that's one thing that, you know, that, that we learned on the business side, never leave money on the table. Okay. The other thing is, you know, the customer is always right. You guys heard that, right? Okay, so never let your ego... Okay, and this is law of attraction also. Okay, never let your ego get in the way of of your business, right? Never, never try to you know win over a client. Whatever a client wants something done, you know, a certain way. Or whatever. there you go, boom. Because if you don't do it, there's somebody else willing to do it. You see what I'm saying, Hoyts? So, so we went through this this phase of of building, and and my companies happen. A lot of them happen by accident. The wedding and party business, we never planned that. That just happened. You know, it was like, hey, you can come play my party, and then boom. You guys heard them on a lot of podcasts. I don't need to repeat that. But but yeah, it just happened. You know, the only the only company that we deliberately started was the production company, which was our first company, and then the the singing school, which was our, our second. Now the singing school, a little bit little bit background that a lot of people don't know, is that the singing school was the first Organized professional singing school in Hawaii, and we we took a lot of um, we took a lot of pride in that because before that the only way you could get a voice teacher right was to if you knew the professionals and they would refer you and there was these two ladies there was one or two ladies one of them was my teacher and my mom sent me so I had I had private teaching right and this other lady who taught you know some of the other celebrities and she was more into celebrities. My teacher was more into substance. She was more into, okay, let's let's get these guys to do it right. All right. The, the other teacher, oh, she loved the celebrities. She was all over the celebrities. But but you know, it does and it doesn't matter. Okay, but what matters is uh, that that you get training, that you get, you know, you do things properly. And and what we did was we modified the training. You know, we went through our training, we did our studies, you know, I did I dove into the books and, and did all did all you know went that route and then i started making it my own okay because i i took aspects of personal development and i started mixing it with the human voice and then one day it was like hey some something's really strange here and i mentioned you know to my to my best friend who was actually teaching with me right and he was blind and i told him i said hey you know nobody's ever really failed and he goes yeah nobody ever failed and we took some of the worst cases. I mean, you would probably think they were worst case scenario kind of, you know, people. But the worst cases, right? And pretty soon they started singing. Okay, now I have the answer. But I didn't have the answer back in 2008 when I asked the question, when I made the statement, actually. You know, and I was cooking dinner. I was cooking dinner and everything. I said, you know, we really, nobody ever really failed. And I was th- I was coming from ego at that point, And I was thinking like. Yeah, nobody ever failed. We could teach anybody, and I didn't really realize the how. How is this happening? Why? Why nobody failed? And then I went down the rabbit hole, and the rest, as they say, is history. And now my students, they make they make improvement like every week. Every week. If you want to check it out, uh, you can look for my students anywhere. they are Voice Master Vocal Development. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram, uh, and, and it's on it's on the web. But you'll see the actual students themselves on Instagram and Facebook. If you go to the Instagram site, check out Gary. There's this gentleman, Gary, right? I gotta tell you Gary's story real quick before we pow. So, Gary, oh, Paul, excuse me, Paul. uh, yeah, you guys, you guys in, in, uh, Lebanon that are listening right now, Paul uh, means finished in, in Hawaiian. So, just so you guys are on the same page, I know they're in Lebanon, what, what, what is that? Okay, so, but anyway, this guy, Gary, right? He he calls me, and he was, I think he was 76 years old. And he calls me, and, you know, he wanted to know if he could, you know, if he could sing. And he wanted to try it out. And, and I told him it works on everybody. My youngest was three years old. My oldest was an 84-year-old woman. And so he came. And he made tremendous progress. He stayed with me um, uh gosh I think for almost five years he stayed with me and um, he he was he was making all kinds of progress at one point he was dating um he was dating a 50 year old right so he had this young chick right he was dating this girl and he sat in the middle of the studio now this is this is why my teaching means a lot to me it's not the money believe me it's not the money the money is okay but but this is more important. He was sitting down in the middle of the studio and he got a call from his girlfriend. And his and he was divorced, you know. And so he got a call from his girlfriend and he put her on speaker. And he told me, could you play the song? So I played the, you know, the karaoke song. And I played the song and he started singing to her on the phone. And I took a video of it and I put it up. It's on, it's on Voicemaster, uh, uh, vocal development on Instagram and Facebook And I put it up online for people to see Because I thought I thought that was the coolest thing Right, somebody his age Serenading his girlfriend over the phone Right, and this was before COVID Right, over the phone And and he could sing at that point And um, he made all kinds of leaps and bounds uh, Because with our method, right it, it works on your thought process Number one, we teach you how to think about You know, the, the whole thing Because people get, you know, preoccupied with the Hollywood thing, the 10-foot-tall Bruno Mars thing, right? And they look at something like that and they go, oh, I could never do that. Okay, so we break everything down. We broke everything down to two elements, muscles and air. How much muscles and how much air. I don't know who sings. I mean, I, I don't know who uses anything else but muscles and air when they sing. Okay, so... I got to tell you, Hawaiians, that's the only two two things I use. And and so that's how we teach it. We break it all the way down. Now, somebody once told me that a good teacher is somebody who breaks everything down. And then I learned along the way, uh, along the 32 years that I've been doing this, I I learned along the way that um, you need to explain something to someone, like you're talking to a five-year-old, okay? because people have their own ideas and as you're explaining things to them right it paints different pictures in their head so you got to explain it to them like they're 5 and when you do that like they're 5 years old oh Hawaiians, and the world changes because now you get the idea in their head and when those light the, the light bulb goes on right when that light bulb goes on everything changes and the, and my students level up They level up every week. There's something different. Every week, there's something better. And that is the nature of the human being, right? So check it out. uh, Voicemaster.org is the name of the website. But check it out on social media so you can see the kids. I got young little kids, like small little kids with huge voices, like huge, huge voices, right? So we discovered also that frequency is very healing. Okay, like, you know, when you listen to a song, I'm just going to throw this in just for information. Okay, so, so, you know, when you listen to a song and it makes you relax, you know, you listen to a song. Oh man, I like the, I like the vibe and then you relax. Okay, what's really making you relax is the frequency. And I had to dive into these studies and study all this stuff and like go so deep into you know, frequency, energy, frequency, vibration, and velocity, which is what compromises uh, or co- comprises, I'm sorry, comp- uh, comprises our, our instructional method, right? So these elements, and, and I had to like get real deep into this stuff, but it's frequency that does that to you. So imagine, right, that you're listening to this thing that makes you relax. Now imagine you producing that. Okay, so I teach this to my life coaching students. I work on them with frequency. You know, so, so you could say it's frequency healing, okay, but it is healing. Okay, it is, it's kind of not frequency healing, that's a kind of different, uh, different thing, but it is healing through frequency. And the human being is capable of healing themselves through their voice, and not very human, many human beings know this. Okay? Now people know that when you sing, you feel good. People know that when you sing, it activates the endorphins and oxytocin in your brain and creates this chemical soup, and you, you know, and you, you get this dopamine effect. And every, you know, they know that, they know that. But they they aren't aware of the frequency part of it. They aren't aware of the solfeggio scale and the sacred tones. And if you're producing these tones through your voice, right? Because I tune my guitar to four thirty-two hertz. And, and and it's it's a, it's a little it's a long story, Ains. It's a long story, but I will tell you that people in the spiritual community know about these things, and I'm not talking about religious people. I'm talking about spiritual people that are into tuning into the earth and the frequency of the earth, and it, yeah, everything has a frequency. But when you start doing this, it heals you. Now, I've um, I don't want to use the word heal, okay? I want to use the word treated, but I've treated people with autism. I've treated people that. You know, have trauma. They they have this bad experience, and they they're all you know locked up within themselves. Um, this this one lady came to us, and she you know she was very angry inside, and now she's just the most loving woman. Oh my God, right? I I mean you know so so what really happened with all of this, right? is we went through the years seeing all these things and witnessing all these miracles. Because we thought it was a miracle when somebody came and, and in three months there was somebody else. We, we thought it was a miracle when somebody showed up and six months later they, they were not only somebody else they were achieving other things they were doing other things they were they were accomplishing all kinds of stuff right and and we saw this and to us it was a miracle to us it was like hey this 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 guy came or this girl came and then all of a sudden boom like there's they're somebody else like we don't even recognize them now they're not angry anymore. They're not frustrated anymore. They're not—they're not stuck in their ways anymore. They're open. They're loving. they are they're, you know—all these things, right? They're positive, and yeah, I don't like—I don't like to always use that word. I think it's overused, but positive, <laughs> whatever. But—but but they're positive, right? And then, and then, so we see these things. So I wrote a book about it. It's called the Universal Law of Attraction and Singing, and it's on Amazon, and it sells. And people that read that book, uh, you know, there's just a few reviews, but these people they, they contact me because my contact is in the book, and they contact me and they go, "Bro, we what?" Well, they don't say "bro," we say "bro" here in Hawaii. But they say, "We we read your book, and we think this is fascinating." And I've gotten clients that have read the book. And then they go. We want to try this, you know. And they try it, and it works for them. Now, you know, whether whether this thing is a cure all or whatever, we're not making any claims. We don't make any medical claims. But I will tell you that a lot of people, okay, have used this as the springboard for other things. They they start with this, and then pretty soon, you know, a lot of my a lot of my clients, right? Uh, this one boy from Kamehameha schools. I'll never forget this guy. Um, and, and he came and he took my, he took my course, so to speak. Uh, anyway, he took from me, I, I don't know. I think it was about six months and in six months he was doing falsetto singing. Now he wasn't a falsetto singer. And I told him, I said, bro, you know, I, I can, you know, I can, um, show you how to do it and you know, but I'm not a falsetto singer. So we went into YouTube and I showed him what it was and I showed him how to do the beginnings of it because my voice is really low i'm not a falsetto singer and he automatically started doing this and and pretty soon he was doing these these hawaiian falsetto songs and he couldn't even believe he was doing it right and his voice was was totally different and you know it's totally not the stuff that you see on on youtube right so he was like wow and he was amazed with himself and that is more uh payment or you know the the the, I want to say the good vibes that we get Out of seeing things like this happen Is worth more than the money we receive Okay Now I'm going to uh, I'm going to end the podcast with with something else Now I'm going to tell you that The amount of service that you provide Okay So the service that we provide with all of our companies Right Is, is what I've learned from this guy Who gave me a hard time Okay And he gave me a hard time when, when I was working for him but it wasn't like a constant hard time, but it was it was a struggle. It was a little struggle. Okay, I want to say it was it was, um, it was a struggle here and there, right? And and but what I took with me, I applied it to my things, and then I realized what this all really meant, and how I had to go through that to get to where I am. And this is what a lot of you guys gotta realize: a lot of circumstances that you may be going through right now is necessary to break through into something else and that something else may not be clear to you right now back in the day when i was doing this we had we had two we had one company actually the production company when i was working at that station and we had a production company and it was making money we were doing jingles we were doing music production we were doing stuff like that we produced a comedy album for this guy who's uh, hawaii's greatest comedian you know, we, we did all that kind of stuff with that production company and we were paid to do all this, all this stuff. And, and that was good. And we were having fun with that. And, you know, but we had no idea we were going to create a school. We had no idea we were going to create a record label. We had no idea we were going to create all these things. Right. But without that foundation of that proper attitude towards clients and not leaving money on the table, none of this would be. I want to say as good as it is Because it wouldn't function as good as it is Because my attitude would probably be Like all these other guys Oh well, wow, we got an email uh, I'll get to it when I get to it You see what I'm saying, Hawaiians? So you can take the worst of circumstances But if you turn it around Because everything has a good and bad side to it If you turn it around And use the good side What are you doing? Well, that's called the law of attraction You're using the positive side to gain, okay? The negative side is a loss. The negative side, maybe it was necessary to push you into the positive sometimes, right? But don't focus on the negative and carry it with you as a negative. Turn it into a positive. Yeah, I went through all this crap, but look now, I applied it over here, and it worked over here, and it works in my life now. And that's the most important part. So that's the takeaway of today's podcast, okay? Never leave money on the table service your clients okay without that principle I would never be able to do the things I'm doing today and you know it's not like it's not like I'm uh, Bill Gates or anybody or, <laughs> or what's his, what's his name uh, you know all these guys right I'm not I'm not an Elon Musk or anybody so so that's and that's not important to me I think if it was important to me I would have worked a lot harder I would have you know gone a lot further and, and done a lot more things but what was really important to me, you know, was my music. And so that's what I... You know, that was my dream. And so that's what I focused on. This other stuff was just side stuff. You know, I, I did not plan on uh, forming a, a voice school. That was... I did that for my friend so he would have something to do. He was blind. He needed something to do. So, you know, a lot of these things that I did, I just... Eh, it just kind of did it, you know. And so if you want something, Hawaiians, my advice is create it. If you see something and you go, oh, man... I wish they had a service that did this. I wish they had a company that did that. Okay, there you go, okay? So the need is there, right? Obviously, if you're focused on it that way, there's a need, okay? Go feel the need, feel that need. Anytime you see a need, feel it, okay? There was only two voice teachers and you had to have connections to go and see those voice teachers. So we created a voice school so that everybody can come. And you know what happened? We were in the phone book, right? The Yellow Pages. We bought a Yellow Page ad the first year. We were all alone. Okay? And the first year we got flooded with people. We were booked. We couldn't take any more people, right? The next year, the following year, right? Because the, the Yellow Page salesman goes to the other people at music studios and go, Hey, you guys should teach voice too, you know. This guy's teaching voice. You guys should do that too. The following year, there were eleven voice schools in the Yellow Pages. And that's called being an innovator, okay? When you give other people ideas like that. Okay, so we were the leader in, in voice schools or whatever. But, yeah, that was not my dream, Hawaiians. My, uh, my dream was to sit on a beach with that guitar and that wine and serenade. Oh, sorry. i got I got to go, Hawaiians. But, yeah, I just wanted to serenade chicks and have a good time. All right. Hey, I want to thank our sponsors. Island Club and Spa, brother Andy, sister Jerry. Also want to thank Voice Master, uh, Family of Service Companies, and uh, Voice Master Enterprises. And we will we'll also want to thank AFM Hawaii Music, featuring the music of Darren Chinan. Find them on iTunes. Download all his music. Ah, yeah. Produced by AFM Hawaii Music. Till next time, Hawaii. I'm Junior Kekeleva Junior. Say Mahalo and Aloha.